Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, and here we go once again, back at it. Uh, Ticket to Gamehenge. Um... Last week, as we were wrapping up, I'm trying to remember why you recommended it to me. I think there was a comment around, uh, um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, funk rock, I think is what you had said. You're talking about- Talking about what we were listening to, I think. Yeah, and uh, we talked a little bit of, about Garcia Peoples, and um, you, out of the blue, kind of recommended a band. I thought you were calling them Wolf Pack, like, oh, yeah. Wolf Pack. Oh, but, like uh, like uh, Hangover? like hangover also for uh you um and nwo fans from uh oh nice wrestling do you remember when we used to watch wrestling that was like a that was that was a thing we did for a little while right right when the rock was breaking big and stone cold was sort of the big name right that was uh yeah remember unfortunately we were watching the pay-per-view that owen hart passed away no we i wasn't watching it that was the weekend of my 19th birthday and we were away camping i remember getting the news while we were out camping i didn't see it watched it together we were camping you're right we watched it on sunday you're like come over and watch it i remember learning about it at the camping camping thing and it being a big deal because i was 19 and here we are in canada and we can legally drink at 19 and it was like my big big birthday weekend i think if you look up his death it'll be may 21st 22nd or 23rd of 1999 my birthday's may the 22nd you, listen you're the guy that looks shit up i just keep my story straight okay yeah but it's funny i wonder if you're this is a little bit off topic but the way there's a really good podcast by malcolm gladwell um i don't know if you know about yeah actually she's from waterloo uh but a really good podcast about how your memory how memories shift and change we tell ourselves stories we make different types of connections and and they use 9-11 as an example with a little girl who was in school at the time that it happened and they interviewed different families and what they remembered were when you were younger you stitch different memories together into one over the course of a few days right so she remembered seeing seeing the twin towers burning from her school classroom but in reality she was in a school geographically that would have never that never would have been able to happen but she's made that memory so anyway um a little bit off topic but uh so you recommended Wolfpack, and i uh i've got a lot of thoughts on the show that you sent me um so i watched i watched half of it late tuesday night and i finished the last half last night believe it or not i had i meant to go back to it so we've been talking about funk rock the only thing I knew going into this show was that uh, you labeled it as high energy. Um, and let me back up a step by saying I felt a little bit old uh, in the sense that it got going and pretty early on, and I'll kind of go back a, a step again in a minute, but they lit up the crowd and Madison Square Garden was full, right? Like it was full. They later referenced in the show it was 14,000. So clearly the back third and behind the stage was blocked out because I think if it was at full, it would fit about 20,000 thereabouts between 18 and 20. But nevertheless, I looked at the size of the crowd and the first thing I thought was like, 
how have I never heard of these guys? Which is a very big parallel with fish when people, when I talk about them and I say, hey, you know, like Madison Square Garden is a reference point that I use all the time when referencing fish. People understand hockey around here. And I usually use the, hey, you know how the Rangers have banners hanging in the ceiling of Madison Square Garden for great players and great teams. And I'll go, yeah, 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 of course. And I said, well, Fish has a banner in Madison Square Garden for the amount of shows that they played in this thing that they did called the Baker's Dozen. And that's usually something that raises some eyebrows, right? So anyway, I'm watching this Wolfpack show sort of unfold. And it reminded me of a lot of things in my life. Number one, it kind of visually took me back to the Talking Heads documentary slash, or slash concert film that they did that the name of is escaping me what's it called no that's a good point i never right? even thought of that the whole feeling of the stage the way the way it was sort of laid out is a little bit different the energy running around calling out people as if it was like a starting lineup uh that that, that 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 was really interesting it reminded me a lot about people that i worked at the camp with like i could have seen a lot of people that i worked at the camp looking like that on a stage doing that kind of a show yeah. um and then I got thinking, okay, how much of this is a gimmick, right? How much of this is just like, uh, are we making fun of something? Uh, I, I mean, it, like the dude, and I, again, I didn't do any research. I, I've done a little bit since, but, but knew nothing about this band. And I would say that's probably the best way to go in. And I'll give you an example in a minute. I totally you? agree. I always, think, I always think knowing nothing is the best way. Blank, blank slate. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then you know the music got going and i really enjoyed it it was uh it was like um very 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 high energy very familiar yet a little bit different at the same time yeah. um you know it was very evident how talented those group of guys are as musicians i mean i mean playing playing different instruments at different times and singing different like it, it was just the one dude's mom comes out and does the meditation exercise really unique and different um but uh, but yeah, I mean, since I've been since I've watched it, I've had some thoughts like, are they it's a style of music, I guess I'm not super familiar with. I mean, I recognize elements of you know rock and funk and soul and R&B and all that stuff in there. But comparatively to what would be labeled as a great funk rock band, where do they stack up? Are they really good or are they like, you well, know, I don't, I, mean? I don't I don't know where to place them, so to speak. We can label them funk rock. I think there's funk elements. I know Corey Wong is a funk guitar player, just the way that he the way that he hits and approaches the instrument. Mm -hmm. But the songs are all over the place, right? This is rock and roll to me. Like I feel like I feel like Billy Joel, right? It's still rock and roll. I don't think uh, I don't think a non-fish fan would agree. I don't think like uh, like your average person who likes rock music would label that as rock. But I wondered if us listening to as much fish has trained us to put it into that category. Like, yeah, totally, there, there, there's some rock in there, but take a guy like Coburn, right? He's like your typical, your stereotypical white male dude who likes to party rock, likes to like, likes the bar rock scene. You know, I would say he would fit into that category. He would not call that rock. So do you think, okay, so hold on, is, is so what's rock then? Like by your definition, is like blues-based type of stuff? I think once you start to add elements of, horns yeah the jazzy feel that rock fans typically aren't that warm to um once you start singing a lot of falsetto <laughs> that, that i think takes a lot of people out of the rock feel um 
but that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was that it was it almost reminded me of like a bunch of theater kids that grew up together and have found a way to have a band and do a show and I wondered at times with all the theatrics and the different things that they were doing if they were if they were overcompensating because I don't have a lot to compare them to within that realm of music. Um, I'm still trying to like, I'm still trying to figure out this whole genre thing. Cause I think like putting labels on things yeah. is kind of stupid sometimes, but I think you need to like know, you know, you need to know how to describe it to somebody if they ask you about it. Yeah. 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 I think that's it. And I, I'm not surprised to see that bands like that will be more successful as time goes by with, um, access and digital music, you know, making those genre walls being broken down. I mean, we grew up in an era where people very much identified with the type of music they were they were into. Even a little bit before our generation, people would wear their clothing based on the type of music that they listened to to identify themselves. But but there was the market for this the whole time because to me, I had been, I to me, music is either shitty or awesome. It either oh. falls in one or two categories. I don't care if it's jazz music. I don't care if it's classical music. None of that matters to me. It matters what I'm in the mood for. And then there's shitty and then there's a hustle. That's it. So even in high school, even when you're, cause you're right, right? There was like the emo kids and there was metal heads and there was kids that were into hip hop and that's all they listened to. Right. And I listened to everything cause there was elements of all of it that was incredible. And there was elements of all of it that was absolutely shitty. <laughs> that has like I, the test I, of time. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we like fish so much, right? Because the boys listen to everything. And they play everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally they do. Um, um, I was just thinking that on the way back from having my car fixed there. Uh, uh, they were really kind of jumping around, right? Like there was, I was listening to an ICU, which is a song that always kind of gets me going and Gula Papyrus, uh, um, always fun too. But yeah, so... So this Wolfpack band, I mean, I definitely want to want to go back and listen to some more. Um, the one thing that I'll say is I immediately started watching it and thought, um, I wonder what Megan will think of this. My wife, she likes yeah. music. And so the next day I, you know, she was always like, hey, what did you what did you watch late last night? And I kind of told her and she went, huh, that's interesting. So I think three nights ago, I put that show on for her yeah. and I said, hey, just just indulge me give me five minutes i want to see what you think I yeah, said, I uh, um so let me see we ended up getting about 15 minutes in and she started googling them she was like huh like she she was like really sort of interested in what was and what was going on um and could recognize the talent and the different vibe and the feel that they had um uh yeah so that was sort of interesting to see and to see that you know they're a really unique band they don't have a manager Right, they even call that out in the show. Uh, she knew that prior to us getting to that to that to that point. But um, yeah, they've they've, they've been they've been done doing a lot of unique things. So I'll definitely keep an eye on them. We'll we'll see where they go. It's interesting. Like uh, Rochelle hates that sound. She can't stand like the horns. Um, you know, she can't stand the like the falsetto. The you know, just the, the overall sound of that music, it, it's too, it's almost like it's too shiny and too polished and too happy for her. That's what I, one of the things that I really liked about it was I had this image of like summer day skipping down the street, holding hands yeah. with kids while the sprinklers are going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just like, I could see that being a, being a party. And I wonder about, I want to sort of look into 
what the parking lot scene is like, what the live scene is like, what the show is like, what what kind of drugs people are taking there. Are they even taking drugs? What type of a crowd is it? I, I couldn't really get that. Like it just looked like a pretty engaged crowd. Um, yeah. You know, you know, not a lot of phones up in the air, which was which is cool. I like the way that it was shot. All one all one take with somebody that was on stage with a little bit of a filter to make it look a bit older than it actually is. Um, and I think when they came out to take their bow, I counted from left to right how many people were in the show. 17 <laughs> was, was the amount of people that contributed to that. So um, really good recommend. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I uh, haven't taken on a lot of new music in some time. And between that and Garcia Peoples in the past little bit, you recommended a couple of good bands. I, I, tend, I tend not to disappoint, man. I tend not to make a recommendation unless it's, uh, you know, unless I've really vetted it. Yeah. Does anybody ever come back and say to you like, ah, oh, that was shit? Like, or 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 do you really have the opportunity to recommend to that many people? So yeah, of course people do all the time. Um, they they don't say that was shit. That would be too forthright. God forbid somebody you know they don't. I don't get disappointed. I'm like, well, sucks to be you. You know, you're missing out on something great. <laughs> right. Um, but no, people just won't listen. Right. People just will will not. They won't do it. Right. You make the recommendation, and you know, and they're like, ah, nah. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah. But for me, like, it's funny. It, I've I've learned, especially checking out new bands. Like, I I paid attention to like what the most important things are to me. It's probably why I like rock music the most. The most important thing is the energy, to me. If it has energy, like, and and energy doesn't have to be like upbeat and exciting. It can be like depressing as shit, right? right. Like some Grateful Dead songs are slow and depressing, but they got energy, man. Like it invokes something, right? I think that to me, that's the most important the most important elements to music. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I, I often find myself when listening to Fish and they transition into a ballad, the first minute or so, I'm always like, huh, like it, it brings me down in the sense like, like I want it to keep pumping, right? Coming off of something that's typically higher, higher energy. But then as they get into the song and I can hear their commitment to what the song is about and the emotion that it, they're trying to evoke and then the song builds and goes somewhere from there, it only takes me a couple minutes to get right back into it because I'm connected back to the energy that's going on in the song, right? Um, yeah, so uh, the other thing that I'll sort of use to transition into another topic, the other person that I thought of when watching Wolfpack is a fellow that uh, was a good buddy of mine when I lived in Newfoundland, uh, a, a guy that um, was always in my phone labeled as Uncle Sean. So he big, big music fan. And I was watching and thinking, man, Uncle Sean would have loved this. Like he would have been all over this band. So Uncle Sean, brief little uh, introduction to him and a story, I guess, is I went out from Southern Ontario to Newfoundland for a job. I didn't really know anybody. My buddy's wife had an uncle out there who lived in St. John's, Newfoundland. Now this is in a different time zone. For those of you that don't know, it's as far east as you can go in the uh, um, continent of North America. Anyway, so she so she put me in touch with him, and we became buddies over the course of the two years that I lived there, and I'd hang out with them from time to time. It was sort of infrequent at first, and then in my last year there, we would hang out at least once a week. We'd go hiking, do whatever. Really, really fit guy, and then he died suddenly with uh, an enlarged heart when he was only 47. But the thing about Sean that was really unique and really cool was um, his love of music, and he uh, was a big vinyl guy. Uh, had, uh, I think, between... I ballparked and guesstimated one time when hanging out in this place, anywhere between six and 7,000 records. Um, and we would, he would have like a stash of about 20 to 30 that were in somewhat of a regular rotation. 
Now, the hours that I spent hanging out with him there, I think I only ever saw his TV on once. He almost exclusively went home, played records. That's what he did. And he was probably the only person that I really know that, that really sat down with the intent of listening to music as frequently as he did. Like that, like that was his choice of things to do. People would read books, people, you know, he had older daughters that had a social life and were out doing their thing all the time. So he had a lot of time home alone and he would just listen to music. But it, when you put out a thing in your email not too long ago about how you don't get vinyl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So take me back. I forget your wording of it. And I remember I, I texted you about Sean then and I forgot about it until actually just this morning. So what, what, like, what was your take on it? Uh, yeah. So my take was this. I don't understand why we need like molten rubber rotting in my house when I can say Alexa play this or I can go on my phone and I can go on Spotify and I have literally access to every piece of recording that mattered over the last probably you know 200 years at the touch of a finger where I don't have to get up flip this thing over you know the convenience of being able to carry it anywhere and everywhere yeah you know, it was just that. Like, I understand the I understand the part of listening to a record where you're going to listen to a statement by an artist, which is what a record should be. Mm-hmm. You know, which unfortunately, you know, that's always the case for me against pop music is they don't write records; they write songs that become popular. Whereas artists are like, I'm making a statement here and I'm telling you a story. So yeah. I think it's important. You know, like the way that I listen is I I hit play and I go through the whole thing and I don't stop until it's done. You know, unless I'm at home and my kids keep playing the same songs over and over again, but I don't understand why I needed like to spend all this money and, and have all this space. Like, I don't know, man, I think I would call at least partly I, I'm a minimalist in that I don't like keeping shit around that is, is useless to me or that I don't need. So it just takes up a ton of space where I can already have it. You know, this is why I like technology. It makes it easier was my point. Yeah. And I would agree with all of that. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm more aligned with you. I'm, I'm sort of wired that way. I, yeah. I only I have five records. In fact, I'm looking at one now, but I don't have a record player. Right. Um, um, three of the five were um, mementos that I took from Sean's collection. They were records that we listened to a lot. One of them was a My Morning Jacket record. But anyway, uh, so I think putting my mind in sort of what I observed with him and what I learned from him and what I've since learned too. Uh, I know you don't listen to Howard Stern, but his producer is a fellow named Gary Delabate, aka Baba Bowie. And uh, Baba Boo is known for a couple things. One of them being the worst, if maybe not the worst, but top five worst um, ceremonial first pitches in a baseball game. Like if you want to have a laugh, you worse than, worse than Fauci. Uh, so <laughs> the best part about it is every time somebody does a terrible bad pitch, they bring up Baba Booey's again because this happened like 15 years ago. So when 50 Cent had his bad one, Baba Booey came back into the news. So every time he just gets beat down once again. But uh, another thing with him that Howard always makes fun of with him is his record collection and the way he defends it um, is that uh, I think a couple things. I think records for a lot of record collectors are, are almost like if you only book people, they're almost like trophies, right? Yeah. Right. So they are like a collectible in a sense. Um, With Sean, a lot of his records, they were divided into sort of two categories, the records that he got when he was a kid, he was about 10 years older than us. So he was, you know, he was raised in the 70s and 80s. And that's when records were sort of in their heyday, I guess, in the tail end, as things were transitioning to tape and eight track. But um, 
he had a big collection and then got into CDs in like the 90s and then went back to vinyl when vinyl kind of made a resurgence. So he was going back and buying old albums that were issued in vinyl for the first time 20 years later, that sort of thing, buying new releases, finding old classics and that sort of thing. And his, so his collection got pretty big. He was part of a community that these guys and girls that would shop records that was like a weekly thing. You know, there was the, there was like the new release day and they would all gather and he'd know a lot of his social circle was built around people from the record store. Like one of his buddies was Fred and the name of the record store was Fred's. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was just part of that world, but there was definitely something ritualistic for him about taking the, taking it out of the sleeve, placing it on the table, putting the needle down, you know, doing the wipe and clean from time to time that he had yeah. to do. Um, closing the lid, sitting down, looking at the lyrics and the artwork. And, you know, that was, that was a big part of it. And I think that is a big part of it for vinyl people is it's a different experience where it really focuses you on almost nothing but the music when you're immersed in the record cover and just how big it is, right? Here's the part that's interesting. Didn't you, I used to do that for CDs. Like I had like 300 yeah. CDs at one point. I used to buy CDs all the time, man. Literally all my money in childhood was spent on like music. And then when like this, like, you know, app, like the iPhone came out, I was like, this is, I would have lost my mind had I had that as a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. So real quick, well, I'll come back to the iPod. I'll tell you the story about my first iPod and my dad and how he couldn't wrap his mind around it. Um, but uh, the other thing that I'll say is in the time that I was living in Newfoundland, I did this literally as a test for myself. So uh, no secret, my prior favorite band was Dave Matthews Band. They had a new record come out and like they do with every new release, as I'm sure Fish does, they do like bundle releases where you can get the CD and the digital code or you can get the CD, the vinyl and this, and, or this t-shirt with this water bottle and these earrings and whatever before you know it you have all these 10 different versions of the album so i bought one that came with a vinyl press of the album in addition to the cd and all that stuff i spent two three weeks listening to the cd version getting used to the songs knowing them well before i listened to the vinyl at sean's place because i yep. wanted to see if it was a better sound if it was a different sound could i hear different elements of the music and when we played it um now, granted, he had never heard it before. Uh, it sounded it sounded different. In some ways, it sounded a little more rich, um, but it didn't like blow my socks off. I didn't find a huge, huge difference. But it did sound different. I will like I will say that. So, I don't know. I think a lot of vinyl enthusiasts believe that it sounds better too. Like they'll they'll advocate and tell you why it it sounds better than something that's been compressed and all that other stuff that we tend to listen and again, to. I don't I don't disagree with them. You know, I I, I don't disagree. I because I've I've experienced similar, but what I'm saying is the difference to me personally, the difference that that and it's not even necessarily better. It's just like the way that it was originally recorded. Like they're purists in the sense that you know, if there's like a, a scratch at like, you know, minute, you know, five yeah. minutes, and 15 seconds, we will, we should have to hear that every time we hear the song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it, it, sure. I mean, there, there's a reason, there's a reason that that, um, that format sort of died, died out. It is interesting, though, that apart from digital, it's, it's the only other growing part of the music business when it comes to format. I mean, CDs are, are in a big decline, even, you know, DVD, Blu-ray in, in the movie industry is way down too. So, but there's an audience for vinyl. I mean, there's, it's, it's not, it's not big, but there clearly is. I mean, they have what, um, uh, record store day once a year where 
that's heavily promoted. A lot of big releases come out. And um, I think people around our age, we've talked about nostalgia in the past. And there's something nostalgic about people our age coming back to albums from when they were a kid, if they've gotten into this format, right? They're going to get into those early 90s albums that are previously unreleased in uh, vinyl. So the only thing that I miss, again, like going back, going back to like buying CDs and listening to it. The only thing that I, I really miss is just having that, I don't even want to call it fulfillment because it's not necessarily fulfillment, but you finish the album, you know, yeah. you've said the piece and now you're, it's done, which feels good that something's done. And now you're like, and now you get to contemplate it, right? You get to think about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're listening to, if you're listening to Spotify, it's like, okay, next, right? Like you're just on to the next piece. Right. And, and, and I guess it's built around the physical action of removing it from the player, putting it back in its case. It, it's, you're literally closing it up, you know, versus uh, now it's just a digital library. You click and it's like a Rolodex of whatever it's like you like. To, it's like going to a fish show, right? Like, you, you know, yeah. you were there, you're in that moment, you know, you had your experience in that moment, you shared it with other people. The band had something to say, they said it. And now it's like, now we got to think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, but I, I, I guess those are my thoughts. I mean, I've, uh, I've toyed with, I actually have an old um, record player, but it needed some parts. Uh, Aaron Plett's brother, Justin, knew a guy, took it away, was going to get some parts, never really ended up happening. So I never really bothered. But at one point, I did intend to connect a record player down here so I could just listen to music if I wanted to, because I liked the idea and thought of coming down to just listen to music. But then I end up putting something on and watching a concert anyway. So, you know, I figured visuals nice thing to add to it. Um, so yeah, I uh, I'll have to check out more Wolfpack. What, what do we know about the studio albums? Are they any good? Or are they basically a live band, and that's sort of where they're carving out their thing? So the, it sounds, um, from what I've heard, it sounds pretty much exactly like the the live performances and the recordings are pretty much bang on. Not a lot of jamming or improv. Yeah, I didn't get that sense. You no, know, it's hard to again. It's hard to it's hard to improv over that music, right? Like yes. it's it's composed. It's more composed. Yeah, and uh, and they don't take a lot of liberties with it. So yeah, yeah, I I got that sense. Not knowing what they normally sound like, I figured that that was the case. What did you think about? I mean, there seemed to be a lot of attention on the bass player Joe Dart. You think he's really that good? He's awesome. Really? Okay. I think it's awesome. I think, uh, I also think that you can't, to have a performance like that, you know, where you're jumping around and, 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 and having all these moving parts on stage, it's really challenging to, to create, you know, in improvisational music like that. Yeah, I guess so. But I wonder if they can evolve that, right? As they grow. I mean, they're, they're I don't think they want to. Yeah. I don't yeah, really want that, right? so. like when you, when you when you're adding more instruments, you know you don't have the freedom that right. musicians would have, right? Like you need to be careful. There's less room to improvise over lines. Things become muddied. You know, there's it's it's complicated, man. It's a big machine they got. Like seventeen cents, though. That makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, versus versus fish, you have a core group of four. Um, well, even yeah. when, like, even when Trey, you know, like, even when, I mean, just look at the Beacon Jams with all the musicians, right. there was no improvisation over that stuff. Right. 
right? It was, it was well, it was, uh, I have movies in my mind. I want to say this, it was screenwritten well. It was composed well, right? It was, uh, yeah. you know, every, exactly. every, piece had, yeah, every, every instrument had a piece. It sounded good. Mm. So that's just the nature of it. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice to get a, a taste of something new again or some new live music or hopefully dinner and a movie is coming up or what halfway into the month and uh, nothing's been announced as of yet. So hopefully that's coming soon. Um, cool. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah, it'd be been a month, right? So we or shall not. see. Or not. Like they could stop at any time. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, it's a true story. I mean, the last one was episode 30. There's been 30 of those things they put up. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. I wish it was a nice little, I know that they leave a few of them up, but I wish it was a library to go back and be able to pick any one of the 30 and go. I'd be happy to pay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Add it into a live fish subscription or whatever, like build that in plus video. Up the fee, yeah. Whatever, buddy. Yeah, man. And I think uh, a lot of other people would be happy to pay too. I reckon. I reckon. It, uh, well, I mean, look, at it. it's the amount of joy that it's brought me, whatever they charge, you know, like it's it would be worth, you know, $100 a year. Mm-hmm. it's brought me way more joy than a hundred dollars no sure 100 percent. i agree i agree um yeah i think it's a great great value free plug um so yeah that, that's pretty much all i had this week my man um I what do you have, to fish uh, wise? I, don't, I don't have any i don't have any recommendations for you this week i've just been uh i've just been listening to the stuff that i've been listening to but if anything catches my ear i'll send it to you what am i listening to fish wise yeah I went to, I, I just downloaded The Great Went. Right. I heard a, I don't know the date. I heard an awesome show from 95. Um, they transitioned, you were saying like they transitioned into like the slower songs. Mm-hmm. It was, a, the best part of the show was the first set they transitioned into, uh, into If I Could. Right. Trey just played this like beautiful kind of, kind of intro at the beginning and just it just ruled man the song was awesome the jam just kept building it was so good so good what are you looking to uh so i am going through 2010 um i'm in uh i just finished a little run at deer creek which was really really good nothing really super standout i mean they're not really jamming a lot in 2010 like that's um and I learned since that that was a bit of an early criticism with 3.0 in the first couple of years. The, there's not a lot of jam jams. There's, there's, you know, they're there, but it's not, it's your average song length is seven, eight minutes on average, right? Like there's, um, and the ones that are longer are your typical yems, fluff heads, the ones that are structured to be longer anyway. So I find in the odd surprise, but um yeah the it's i'm not complaining because there's good stuff in there but yeah there's really nothing that i'm like holy fuck I always, lo- I always i always love that they just buck whatever shit that people associate with them and then just do whatever they want anyways yeah yeah and i'm sure you know like everything it was planned or there was a reason or whatever like i know that was an interesting time in that they had a lot of different different rules and different guidelines and 3.0 if they were going to make a go of it and they wanted to clean up a lot of things and how they approached the music was different how they approached each other in rehearsal was apparently really really different um way less critical not talking about the music in between sets like just leaving it just playing it leaving it not being critical of this that because they used to fight 
I guess, back in the early days when they were, you know, we got something to prove fish. So different, different mindset, different generation, I guess. But I know, I know the Jamie's coming back like 2011, 2012 really heats it up and it's really gonna. It's interesting. You bring that up, you know, it's, it's funny how like even the, I, I need to prove something. There's a dark side to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. So, uh, but yeah, I'm still, I'm still enjoying it. And um, the other thing that I'm enjoying is um, the Undermine podcast got rebranded and relaunched. They just put the third episode. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's about the early years and the early days and the first gigs and um, the evolution of the first tunes and who was there and answered a lot of questions that we've had about what it was like. Um, so that's been pretty interesting as well. Well, I should probably, I should probably listen to that, eh? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's got the dude of life in there. You know, the dude of life? I know the dude of life. Yeah, the dude of life has written some of the best songs. So, yeah, totally worth listening to. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, um, I don't know where I heard this, but uh, you know, about songwriting, um, Trey was was saying that um, he used to have parties like in high school, and like people would come over, and like you yeah. had to write a song. You had to write a song. Yeah, well, that's where bathtub gin comes from. Right. right. Like, I think you told me. I think you told me. Yeah, like they credit a lot of um, yeah that like drumming circles, right? Yeah. You just hang out and make music and whatever happens happens so um but a big thing i think a lot of it so we're gonna do that we're back like the our our band's gonna start playing again and i'm like okay we're, we're gonna do this exercise and obviously we're copying fish right i think a lot of it has to do with like just being okay to like put something out there that's really like on your mind or that comes out of your body without you know this is why like i love the fact that if they don't want to jam, they're not going to jam. They're just doing what feels right to them. Right. They know as well as anybody that people can smell bullshit a mile away, right? They want it to be nothing but authentic because that's what's got, I mean, that's what's got them to where they were in the first place. They got there by being themselves, by being unique. And it's actually one thought that I forgot to mention that, again, I, I'm learning about Wolfpack. I don't know a lot, but there was almost for me in that show too much what I would call showing off look how talented we are versus yeah. versus versus fish is just like we're gonna we're gonna play the shit out of our music and we're gonna we're gonna throw some things at you but it's not gonna be bells and whistles it's not gonna be posing for pictures that aren't being taken and i think those guys were doing that a little bit was it the so it wasn't the actual playing hey it was the it was like the the attitude around the playing yes yes and i'm sure it's conscious right the almost somewhat preaching nature of that you know i don't even want to call that guy the front man whatever his deal is um the like was the switching of the instruments that frequently that necessary was it just hey look what we can do i don't know maybe that's just me being a bit jaded and looking at it from like what are these guys trying to prove here what's up with this but like i said it's got my uh piqued my curiosity and um it's been a while since i played something new for megan where she was like hmm this, this seems interesting because the only oh, opportunity we really take to do that to, to be honest is uh when we watch saturday night live they often have musical guests on there again a sign of us getting older that we've never heard of and we go in like, okay, well, they're wearing this. They're probably a country artist or they're wearing this. They, they might be R&B. And so often we play and we're kind of surprised we don't know. But I would say four out of five times after two minutes, fast forward, because it's just not for us, right? So it's been a while since something new music-wise got played where she was actually kind of wanting to listen to more. So that was fun. Is, is, is modern country really for anybody though? Let's be serious. 
evidently it's for some. I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. I, I, I find it's just, there's, there's a very clear formula to that, to that music that seems to work for those fans. How they distinguish between <laughs> this song and that song, what, what, whatever else. Like I worked with a guy, we would drive from here to Waterloo, about 45, 50 minute drive. And we'd have serious radio on and we put on the country station from time to time for him. And he, he didn't even need to look at the screen. Within 10 seconds, he knew every song that was playing, who was by. And it was all by dudes in the same low register talking about the same pickup truck and the same bottle of whiskey. Like it was just, it felt to me to be really repetitious. He loved it. People say the same about fish though. You know that, right? Just a bunch of noodle, just a bunch of guys noodling and, and you know, right. weird lyrics. Uh, it all kind of sounds the same. Yeah. Well, it all sounds like fish. <laughs> they just don't know what they don't know. That's okay. Right. That's all good. So, but yeah, so uh, that was fun. We'll have to listen to some more of that and uh, we'll see you next week. Cool, sounds good. All right, man, stay warm out there. Stay safe. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.